Hello, everybody. My guest today is a lifestyle business coach, international speaker, and best-selling author who helps new weightless coaches who have no clear plan to get results for their clients to create a profitable online business without feeling pushy and salesy. Her motto after losing 100 kilos herself, naturally, is you can change your story one change at a time. She's been featured by That's Life magazine, Take 5 and New Idea, as well as appearing on Today Tonight, The Channel Line, Morning Show, and Channel Line News. Please welcome to the show, Shari Ware from Fab New Body. Hi, it's nice to be here. Hi, Shari. Great to have you on the show. How's your day been so far? Yes, good busy, but good busy. Nice. So let's kick things off straight into I'm I'm, I'm very curious. <clears throat> Obviously, asking the obvious question, what inspired you to, to become a weight loss, weight loss coach is, I guess, sort of the answer sort of is hidden in, the, in my intro, but keen to elaborate? Yeah, so the reason why I was inspired down that path was because of my own journey. I certainly never imagined 10 years ago that I would be uh, where I am in my life today. So going back about 10 years ago, I was over 180 kilos. I had been morbidly obese for most of my life up until that point. I started putting on weight from about the age of five and with events that happened over my life I I basically just went through a cycle of putting on weight and then at a couple of points when I was about 18 was the first time after I turned 18 and I realized I was probably about 100 kilos at that point Mm. and I realized that I I wanted to do something about, well, not realised, but I decided that I was going to do something about my weight at that point. And so I did lose about 30 kilos. Uh, And then promptly, not long after I did that, I I met somebody and fell in love and we had a, I I got pregnant, we had a child. And so I then went back to, because I really hadn't learnt while I did lose that weight then I hadn't really learned a lot about nutrition and exercise and how my body worked and all of those things Uh, so I very quickly put it back on and a lot more Mm. so that's what inspired me was finally going on that last weight release journey it it started as a weight loss journey then it turned Mm. into weight release journey and now it's actually turned into a health journey uh, and that health journey is continuing and I, I'm very passionate about it and I realised that everything that I went through was not only for my own learning but for me to be able or I believe that it's so that I can also help others who are, who are going through the same issues that I went through. You can certainly relate to all the pains and <clears throat> struggles that you've experienced so absolutely now can you you made the distinction weight loss and then weight release what does those two mean to you okay so weight loss really to me is is just about focusing on really just focusing on that number on the scale just wanting that number on the scale to go down wanting the clothes size to get smaller Weight release is the next step, the next level, if you will, and that's more wanting to release it forever, wanting to do it in a way that is sustainable for the rest of your life, dealing with the subconscious issues that are causing the problems in the first place because weight is just a physical manifestation of a much deeper issue and and wanting that lifelong change and and actually focusing all the changes that you're making focusing on the fact that they're not just for uh, 12 weeks or for 12 months but they're actually for life so that um, you release the weight and never have it find you again. Uh, and then 
health journey is that next step again where it's definitely not about the number on the scales. It's not just about the weight. It's about knowing that the changes that we're making are going to get a healthier mind, body and spirit because that's what it's all about for me now. It's not just about the body. It's about the whole package. So very much of a holistic approach these days. Yeah. Now, when you were 18, you said when you were 18, you first decided, you realized, okay, I need to do something. You've lost 30 kilos. What were the, the motivating factors behind that then? <laughs> I wanted a boyfriend. I've never had one up until that point. And I thought that that might be something that I might like. Mm-hmm. And I also, I didn't want to have a boyfriend as a big person because I realised even back then that I had issues that I needed to deal with and I didn't love myself, so how could I expect anybody else to love me? So I went on a journey to find, you know, to, to work on myself, which back then was really mostly physically. It wasn't mm-hmm. until later years that I, I then got to the point where I realised I needed to work on myself emotionally and mentally as well as physically. Now, over those, <clears throat> over those years, obviously, you learned and you've got that wisdom now and, and you see weight loss as a completely different thing than what a lot of people see. What was the biggest struggling point that you've come across during that time? The biggest struggling or the biggest struggle, and I know that I'm not the only one who has this, is that quite often... We know what we need to do and we want to do that. We want to make those changes and yet we just can't or we don't or we might might manage it in the beginning but then we, as so many people call it, fall off the wagon Mm. um, and go back to our old ways. And the reason for that is because what a lot of people don't realise is that you might consciously want the change. We, we all consciously want the change. But if, if we consciously want the change and we're not doing it, it's because we've got stuff in our subconscious that is stopping us. And even if, we're, if we manage to, to do that or make that change in the beginning, if we start to self-sabotage, it's because we've got things in our subconscious that are, that are making us self-sabotage. What are some of the most common ones? Uh, it's fear. Real, mostly it comes back... It comes back to two things. One is fear and a lot of the time it's just, it's fear of of the unknown a lot of the time. People might, where they're at, might be really uncomfortable, might be really unhappy, but they still know what that feels like. They know how to deal with it. They're, mm. they're comfortable. They're still comfortable. There's a level of comfort there still. It's, it's their comfort zone. Whereas they don't know what's outside of their comfort zone and that's scary. And the other thing is for so many, and it's for a lot of people, but I find this applies a, even more so to women or a lot more to women, mm-hmm. is that they feel like they're not deserving. And when you feel like you're not deserving or you're not enough, that's what most people, what it comes back to is that they don't feel that they're enough, then you won't make the changes for yourself because you don't feel like you deserve the outcome of those changes. You don't even feel like you deserve to make those changes. And that's not a conscious thing. Quite often it's a subconscious thing. And quite often it goes back back to childhood, right? Absolutely. And it could be, you know, it could could have been the smallest little thing and it could not have been intended by, you know, somebody could have said something and they never intended anything like how it manifests in our subconscious, but it just does. And sometimes there's other things like for me, when I was a child, I had, I didn't particularly have, I had a challenging growing up life is the way I'll put it. Mm-hmm. Um, a challenging childhood. Certainly a lot a lot of people have had a lot worse, but I had a challenging one and I also had a couple of instances of some sexual abuse when I was a child. And what I didn't realise is I actually didn't realise until I was a grown adult how much that 
impacted me, especially when it came to my eating. I was a big emotional eater mm. and that stemmed back to them. So trying to trying to fill the gap, fill the hole by eating. Yeah. Yeah, because in the short term that made me feel good. Do you also come across clients who they don't see the changes as scary, they they see it as they're afraid that they, they will fail? Absolutely. And especially when you're talking about people that have tried and tried and tried, they've tried all these different things and they failed or they see it as failing so many times, quite often they just give up trying because they're just like, oh, that's just another thing that I'm going to fail at. The thing is not everything works for everybody. Different people Uh, different things work for different people and it's not necessarily it's about seeing it not as failure but as learning okay that didn't work for me that doesn't work in my lifestyle or that doesn't work for me at this point in my life so that's okay let's just try something different so many people just see it as failure rather than seeing it as learning Mm. again maybe the way they were brought up yes because we're taught that it's that's how we're taught. We're taught that if you don't get it right or if you don't succeed, that's failure. <laughs> Once again, it's all a learning experience. That's what I've learned now. What I know now. It's it's almost like they've only they've only told you half of that message. They told you if you don't succeed or if you try and do something and you fail at it, it's failure. And they forget to add, but you learn from it and then you become a better person. Or you next time you do it, you, you achieve it. And get closer right. to the to the outcome. Yeah. Um, now, talking about you know people trying to lose weight, trying certain things and doesn't work. What is one commonality that you see people experiencing with that? Is it because they're trying to you know the quick fixes, the pills and potions, trying to you know lose weight too fast, looking for quick easy getaways or? I find one of the biggest things is that people try and do too much at once. So they say, okay, that's it. I'm going to do something. I'm finally going to do something. They'll change their eating in quite often a drastic way. They'll, they'll go on this menu plan that is not something that they're used to. So mm. they'll totally change their nutrition. They'll say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym and they're going to uh, say that they're going to work out five times a week and they're going to they make all these changes. And the thing is, it gets too hard to sustain that and people just give up. So one of the biggest things that I learnt and that I teach others, you can have a list, you can write the biggest list you want to of all the changes that you feel that you need to make. Mm -hmm. I don't care how big your list is, I just want you to pick one thing off that list and work on that until you until it's become a habit for you. And when we've got it as a habit that where it's now automatic and you don't have to worry about that anymore, okay, now you go back to your list and you pick the next thing. Now, I would like your opinion. What's your stance between motivation and how far motivation can take you and habits? Habits by far. When you when you create a habit, you don't even have to think about it. So, for instance, with me now, exercise is a habit. To me, it's just like brushing my teeth. And I'll be honest, I don't particularly like exercise. Mm. I love the benefits of it. I don't like the execution of it, but I love the benefits of it. And I know that it does a lot of things for me with my health uh, and my weight and my mental health as well as my physical health. So now it's become a habit. It's become automatic. It's become non-negotiable. It is literally like brushing my teeth. And I say to people, it's like it's like paying your taxes. You might not necessarily want to pay taxes, but if you don't pay taxes, there are some serious ramifications. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just better to pay your taxes and the same with exercise. But it's about finding, it's about starting small, 
starting really, really small and working your way up to create a habit out of it, just as I have, so that you don't need willpower. When, when you've created that habit, there's in the beginning, it takes a little bit of willpower to get that habit going as long as you try and start small enough. But then once you've got that habit created, you don't need the willpower. And going back to what you said, people do too many things at once, which requires a tremendous amount of willpower, which is not sustainable. So having just that one little thing that you focus on, it's going to be a lot easier and continue doing that repetitively until it becomes a habit, until those neural connections become really strong and they they overtake the old old way. Now, talking about something practical, what is the easiest thing to start with? What would be like one top thing to start with as a habit uh so you're talking in relation to exercise or in relation let's say somebody who is morbidly obese what would be the first thing that they should maybe incorporate as a habit that's easiest thing for them to do i would say one of one of the first things that i always look at is how much water are they drinking because most people do not drink enough water Mm. So I would actually look at starting to create that habit of drinking the amount of water that a person needs to be drinking in a day and, you know, just say for that person because it depends on how big the person is, just mm. say for that person they're supposed to be drinking three litres a day and right now they're only drinking one litre a day. Well, I would look at finding a way for them to increase that to at least a litre and a half a day. And then once we've gotten to a litre and a half a day, okay, let's look at increasing that to two litres a day. But but you just make that first step. And that quite often I look at what can they add in rather than looking at, okay, what do we, what do we need to take out? Mm-hmm. I'll try and start with something that we can add in that's going to make us healthier on the inside, going to make us feel good because we've actually uh, succeeded in something and something that is going to be an easier win for them to get, especially in the beginning. Right. So if somebody is used to drinking soda pop, you're not saying, I want to now drink water. I want to stop drinking soda pop. What you All you're saying is just drink one and a half liter of water and then you leave it up to them to make it work. Yes, because the other thing too is if if they're suddenly drinking, instead of a litre of water, they're suddenly going to a litre and a half of water, they're adding that in, they're naturally going to start to drink less soft drink anyway yep. most of the time because they're focusing on adding in the water, which is going to leave less room for other stuff. So but that's what, natural progression. Yeah, what I was going to say, but what's cool about it psychologically in their head is like, I'm not, I've not been told to stop drinking what I enjoy, which is Coke or whatever they like to drink. Yeah. Nobody's saying that. And so they don't create that negative association to it. All they do is just focusing on the positive of drinking more water. And then yeah. the other thing just naturally happens. Exactly. Now, motivation, really interesting topic, right? Yes. Because you might have willpower initially based on motivation. And uh, you mentioned an interesting thing, you know, you, you do it. It's like brushing your teeth. You you just go and exercise. You don't wait. You don't you don't like. You don't do it based on how you feel, right? If you feel happy, you're not just going to go and exercise just because you feel happy and motivated. If you had a bad day, you still go and exercise. Usually, yep. Most of the time, I'm not saying that there's not the odd occasion where I might say to myself, "Oh, do I really want to do that today?" Of course, there, mm. of course, there is. Everybody's human. There's always going to be those days. But I will say that it happens very rarely these days. And now it's more a case of if I choose not to exercise in a day now, which doesn't happen very often, it's because I've I've really analysed, okay, is this the best thing for me today? I might have had a really late night and only, you know, maybe maybe I was working late and I didn't get to bed till midnight and I was, I was planning on going to a 5.30 in the morning exercise session the next day. Well, I, I, I would often say to myself now, okay, that's not going to be best for my body. My body needs that rest. So I'll either try and go to a later session in the day if I can 
And if that's not possible, well, it's okay for me to not exercise today because that's what my body, that's what's best for my body on this particular day. You know, and occasionally I might have a really, maybe it's been a stressful day and I might say, oh, no, I don't, I'm not feeling the exercise today. Or sometimes I can go, well, no, actually, I really need that exercise today because I know that the day I've had, that's going to make me feel a lot better. So it just depends on where I'm at now in my life and it takes time and this is what I say to my clients, don't expect to be where I am now because I've been on this 10-year journey. I didn't start out where I am today and where I am today is really more feeling into my body, feeling into my mental health. What does my body my mind and my spirit need today and and go with that but a lot of people aren't there yet and, and that they've got to go through those steps to get to that point takes time takes you to build that experience yeah. and then the other thing is when you have like you said it's okay you know to have a bad day it's also important to have a good relationship with that not taking it as a failure right because that Again, this negative thing, if you say to yourself, oh, I've missed the workout yesterday, I failed, I'm not, I'm not able to do this, and st- you start having those conversations in your head, right? So it's definitely important to realize, okay, well, yep, I didn't do a workout yesterday, but I, did it, I didn't do it because I was listening to my body, or, or literally I didn't do it for whatever, but focusing on the future, don't, don't hinder on t- too much on the past, right? It's about, okay, well, let's correct. Let's That's do right. a little step forward and let's carry on. Let's get back on track. That's right. It's, it's, the issue is when people just, you know, and, and so many people do this, and I've done this in the past where they just throw their hands up in the air and go, okay, that's it. I've totally stuffed it yeah. and, and we just don't go back to it. There's, life is, I have this thing where I say, you know, people say they fall off the wagon. Well, I'm, I'm like, well, there's no wagon of health. You're either on the, you're you're always on the wagon of health. Just sometimes you might have a little detour to how you thought your day was going to go in regards to that. It doesn't mean that you've totally gone off track. You've just had a bump in the road or, or there was a detour sign that you had to go around but you're still always going to get to the destination of health as long as you keep moving forward and focusing on, okay, maybe what I did today wasn't the best and tomorrow I can do better or from from now today I can do better, not throwing our hands up in there and saying, okay, that's it, I'm done. (laughs) The only time people fail is when they give up. Yeah. Now, motivation and habits aside, I mean, there needs to be initially something really strong, strong desire to change. How can somebody acquire that desire? Because essentially, like, you know, when you have those bad days, motivation is not there and those habits still haven't been built in. What do you you resolve to, right? So I, I have this saying, when you have massive why power, you don't need willpower. So what is going to keep you going on those days where you might be struggling? The, one of, there's two really big things. The first one is what I call your why power. So absolutely knowing your why for wanting to achieve that goal. So say you're trying to, to improve your health why? What is that going to get you? And really finding the emotional connection. You want to you want to tap in, and you want to find that connection between your 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 mind and your heart. I also say if your why doesn't make you cry, it is not strong enough. Whenever I really tap into my why, it literally brings tears to my eyes. And and you need that, especially when you're first starting out and you're trying to achieve this goal that you've set for yourself, which, which may or may not be massive. It doesn't matter how big the goal is. What matters is the size of the why that you have because you're always going to have why nots. You're going to have those those reasons why you don't want to do that thing today so your why has to be big enough to override those why nots so that's the first really big thing the second really big thing is belief there's a few parts to belief but you absolutely you need to know that what you're trying to achieve is possible in the first place because otherwise 
you're not going to make the changes because there would be no point. You also need to believe that you yourself can achieve it. So that's about finding your own self-belief. And then, you know, there's things like limiting beliefs and removing them. That's all part of your why nots and, and, and working on your why power to get you past that. But the, the two biggest things are your why power and your belief. Now, if you're still searching for that why yes, why do this, why do that, why, why embark on this journey, would perhaps be an interesting exercise to start with why not and list it all down until you've got no more why not. And then you basically, st- once you got that, maybe you can start thinking about, okay, what's the opposite of that? Why yes? yes. Because then once you're going through the exercise of why yes, no more why not is going to come to you because you already listed those down. That's right. <laughs> I say to people, if you don't know what's going on, just get a piece of paper and a pen and sit down and just write because you would be amazed at what actually comes out when you just ask yourself a question. So why not? Why don't I want to achieve that goal? Or why do I want to achieve that goal? And just start writing. And, mm. and when you stop, just fill into it again, start writing, because you would be amazed at what comes out that you don't even know is in your subconscious. And a couple of other questions people can ask themselves is, you know, like a future project, you know, like trying to visualize the feeling, the visualize the, the picture of themselves, seeing themselves in the mirror, asking themselves, well, seeing yourself now in 12 months time, what do you see? How is that making you feel now that you've yes. pictured that and, you know, visualized it? What is that going to allow you to do, right? Yeah, and so important to, as you said, really feel into how it's going to make you feel. Allow yourself, I I tell my clients, allow yourself to feel the feelings. Close your eyes and just put yourself in that place and allow yourself to feel those feelings because that way it's your, your brain, your subconscious, once you give it that message, even when you're not consciously thinking about it, it's going to help you move in the right direction. And you can also you can also have obviously, and I know it, uh, industry can be uh, partly to blame on the way it's projected these days in the marketing. It's showing the, the beach body six pack and all that, which is very much of a superficial goal. You really need to go deeper. But is that perhaps a good exercise? Closing your eyes and trying to visualize yourself, seeing yourself a little bit slimmer, and trying to. Uh, capture that feeling associated with seeing yourself visualizing that it's going to depend on the person and that's the thing it, you know for somebody and it depends on where the person is at for some people it could simply be a case of you know they might have a set of stairs in their house and right now to walk to the set of the stairs they feel like they're dying by the time they get to the top they can't breathe, they're huffing and puffing. For them, it could be a simple matter of closing their eyes and visualising themselves being able to run up those stairs and and not even being out of breath at the top. Mm. It could be I had one client who they really wanted to go on a hot air balloon ride, but they were too heavy, they weren't allowed. So their goal that they were visualising was visualising themselves actually in the hot air balloon basket. So it really, and and it's got to be something that truly means something to the person, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it means something to them. Mm. One thing I can definitely say from like me being in the fitness industry as a trainer is typically when I start asking that question, what is your goal? People start with very superficial you know, just, yeah, I just want to feel fit or I just want to lose a bit of weight. And all it takes, you just got to keep digging. You just got to keep digging. Why? And even with that example there, right, like being able to run up the stair and not huffing and puffing, you can still go deeper. You can yeah. still go, okay, well, that's great. But what will be the benefit of that? Well, now you're up the stairs, you're not huffing and puffing. So what is the next benefit? The benefit yeah. is you can also talk to somebody who's up those stairs, just ask you a question. You want to go at least five levels deep. So you want to ask that question. So when you get to the top of the stairs, what does that mean? And then the question, okay, well, what does that mean? What does that give you? And then so do that five times. And then you're really, truly going to be starting to get to the real deep inner reason of why Mm. you want to achieve it. Because it's never, it's never, ever the superficial thing. It's never, ever that first answer. It all comes back to something much deeper. So what then? Write it down, put it in your fridge? 
Yeah. Keep it. I actually tell a lot of people have it have it somewhere where you can see it all the time. So if you're working at a computer for most of the day, have it stuck up on the wall so that whenever you look, you can see it. A lot of, like for me, a lot of things I put as a wallpaper on my phone. Yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah. Yeah. So so then whenever, because, you know, these days in business, social media, you've got to be on there. So I'm forever doing things on my phone. And if there's something really important that I want top of mind all the time, I put it as a screensaver on my phone. So every time I go to my phone, I can see that. It's whatever is going to work for the person, but you want to be able to see it all the time. What about publicly announcing it, like just putting yourself on the spot and literally putting a post on your social media saying, hey, I'm embarking on this journey and I just wanted to put it out there so that everybody can see it and there's no no, no going back. Is that something that you you, you, you see working well for, for people? It depends on the person. Again, it's a very individual person. Some people just that's not going to work for them, but definitely there are some people where I'd say, okay, that's it. Go do that, and it and it works really well. Mm. And what about role models? Is that another one? Like, say you're a role model. I mean, you've lost, you've achieved amazing, you know, result and and the journey that you went through sort of get you where you are now. What, what where are you now? What does that allow you to do now in your life? How's your life look like now to where it was when you were nineteen? Oh wow, so many things. I can move. I I. We'll have photos taken or ta- I'll have videos taken, you know, simple things. I can travel on an airplane and not have to take my daughter with me uh, so that we can sit together and have the the arm uh, mm. up between us. You know, for some people it can be something that people don't even realise, but that's that's where I understand. Role models are awesome and that comes, role models really help you with your belief. For instance, it's helpful for people to know that somebody before them has done what they're about to achieve. But then it also comes back to, remember remember I said the second part of belief was about you believing that you yourself can achieve it Mm -hmm. because a lot of people say oh well yeah sure shari lost 100 kilos but that doesn't mean that i can yeah it's like oh it'd be nice to do it as well but you really got to believe in yourself exactly so yes it's important to have role models and know that other people have done it but then you also have to find that belief in yourself Hmm. shari what about you as a business owner Let's let's flip let's flip the next part of the episode and let's talk about that because I know you're a business owner and you're successful at what you do, and this podcast is success inspired and and hopefully the first part that we've just covered helped inspire somebody out there looking at embarking on a weightless journey. But let's move into the next part, see if we can inspire somebody with the business side of things. So let's let let tell tell the listeners what is it that you do? What's your side of business? How do you make the change in the world? Okay, so I first started out as a personal trainer because I thought that's how I was going to help everybody. And then I realised after I'd been a personal trainer for a while that for many for many of the people that I wanted to help, exercise is the last piece of the puzzle. It certainly was for me. So, and I realised that the way that I really was best helping people, serving people, was to help them with their mindset, help them with this with the stuff going on in their subconscious that quite often they would not even realise was an issue and, and was, was causing the problems because so many times people are just told, no, you just need to eat less and you just need to move more. They don't realise that it goes deeper than that. So then I started working with people with their mindset and then I have a... I have a, a massive goal now that I want to impact at least 13 million people in my life. Wow. Yeah, which is a big number. Why 13? <laughs> uh, 13 million. Okay, because I decided that I wanted to help millions of people and my lucky number is 13. So, <laughs> okay, cool. I like it. Somebody said uh, I was listening to a podcast and they said so many people, they don't put a number. They just say they want to help as many people as they can, but they don't put a number on it. And a lot of the times it's it's because they're too scared to put a number on there. And I thought, hmm, yes, right. Well, I'm going to put a number on it. And so I put that in. The beauty of that is you can break it down now. You can say, okay, well, if I want to achieve 13 million, you know, if I want to impact 13 million people, you can say, okay, well, in 10 years, you can easily break that down. It's 1.3 a year. 
how much is that per month and what do you need to do to do that? Exactly. So because more realistic. Exactly. And so that is then what prompted me, okay, so because I was working one-on-one with people, with, with, with the person wanting to release the weight, and I realised that by doing that, I can, I, I'm certainly not going to get to 13 million people. Um, no. <laughs> so then I realised, okay, I needed, I needed to start working in groups as well as one-on-one. And then I also thought, okay, well, there's so many people out there that are working in this field that don't know what I know because they've never been, they've never been through what I've been through for a start. And also as a personal trainer and going through being trained as a personal trainer, I realized that there's a lot of a lot of things that personal trainers aren't taught. I really don't remember there being a lot of work and teaching around the subconscious and it was a bit of mindset work, but most of it is about, you know, physical stuff. Technical bits. Yeah, that's right, um, which is great to know. But if somebody's not at that point yet, but they need the mindset stuff. They, they need those subconscious blocks gone so that they can then get to the physical bits. So then I realised, okay, well, I can help other people other coaches, other personal trainers who want to take their service to the next level, who want to be able to offer that mindset stuff. I can teach them what I know and that way I'm impacting even more people because I'm helping them impact their people. So that's the two sides of what I do now. That's that's awesome. And where, what is the biggest uh, uh, struggle that you've, you've faced so far with, with trying to get it off the ground well when I you know definitely I've learned a lot and I'm still learning but when you've gone from a non-business background and suddenly you're wanting to build a business there's, there's mm. a it's a whole different mindset yeah um, but one thing that I that I will say is that all of the mindset learning that I learned on my weight release journey my health journey applies to every aspect it all applies to every aspect of your life you can employ the same learnings and the same tools to anything that you any goal that you're trying to achieve in your life and that's the beauty of it so while I you know I learned mine on my weight release journey and I teach others specifically in the weight release arena those tools and techniques apply to anything. And so I've applied them to my business journey, still am, uh, and anybody else who I teach those tools and techniques to will be able to apply them across the board. For example, your why, 13 million, you know, make an impact for 13 million. I mean, why, right? Yeah, that's a pretty big why. And what's behind that why? What's the next layer, right? Yeah, that's right. And and that's the thing, you've really got to, you've, especially to keep going because as you know any major goal that you self set for yourself is is going to be a challenge there's going to be challenges along the way and it's what is going to keep you going when you get to those challenging parts what's going to keep you moving forward especially through your comfort zone because I can honestly tell you that I'm not an extrovert I'm definitely an introvert and a lot of the stuff that you know I need to do as part of my business speaking on stage doing podcasts yeah. uh, social media is all stuff that is really out of my comfort zone, especially when you go back 10 years ago and I, all I wanted to do was hide. I wouldn't have photos taken. I, you know, I wouldn't go anywhere near a, a camera of any kind, video or still, and I just tried to blend into the background as much as was possible when I was so morbidly obese. So to suddenly go from, well, not suddenly, but over a period of years to go from trying everything not to be seen to suddenly needing to be seen yeah I certainly didn't know I was going to be where I am at right now 10 years ago I think it's like a muscle you know uh, confidence because it comes down to confidence right and if you're not uh, 100% extrovert you feel a bit more of an introvert getting yourself outside a comfort zone which is what you know what you need to because that's how you make the impact but nevertheless, it's scary and you've got to overcome some of those fears. 
But over time, as you do it repetitively, that muscle becomes stronger and it's become becomes easier. And also, it's a question of familiarity, right? When when you do something for the first time, it's 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 a it's an unknown territory. So you're like you don't know how to how to how to react to that. You don't know, like you don't feel you don't feel in your own shoes. Yes. But then you do it again and again. It's like, okay, you know what? This is I've been the I've been here before. I know what it feels like. So it's not as scary. No, like, that's right. And the thing is, every time you do it, it gets easier. Every time you push yourself out of that comfort zone, it gets easier. Yeah. And the other really interesting thing is about public speaking, by the way, um, I've, from my own experience uh, to share, when I was starting out in the fitness industry, after about three or four years of being a personal trainer, one of my mates said, and he was uh, educated at a college, he said that they are looking for more teachers to educate you know, international students, you know, certificate three and four. And, and he said, look, I think you'd be the right fit. And I was like, you know, I was struck because I'm like, no way. Like when I was when I was a kid, I was a very shy kid. You know, uh, going up the front of the class and doing that was that was I hated that. That was terrible. But you know what? I mean, I was like, because he really believed in me and he, he really sort of encouraged me. He's like, you mate, you you got nothing to lose. Just give it a go. And I did it. And I mean, it was. I was super uh, nervous and it was, uh, and they actually, you know, in, in fitness colleges, you've got two different classes. You've got theory and then you've got practical. You go in the gym and you practice, you know, the exercises to become a personal trainer. It's all practical. So what happened there was they put me as a, uh, on a theory. They gave me a, you know, they gave me the course notes. They gave me the lesson for the day. You know, I had a week to go through it. Obviously, a lot of the stuff in it, you know, but you have to deliver it. And that's an entirely different thing. You can't have the knowledge but delivering it in front of students, that was – so they, they put me in a class. There was about 20, 20, 30 people from all around the world because it was an international college. So there's people from Brazil, from, from Europe, from wherever. And some people older than me. And there were even people that I knew were physios in their own, you know, had degrees. Yet <laughs> they were in Australia. So I'm like, wow, that doesn't add more to my confidence. <laughs> but you know what? After, after a little bit of a rough patch start, you know, I started getting into it. And what I realized is my fear of thinking, oh, what if I forget, what if I um, get stuck and I won't know what to say? It actually disappeared once I've, I've become a little bit comfortable. Once I, you know, once I got a bit of laugh out of the crowd and felt like, okay, well, there's a, there's a bit of energy. It made me a bit more comfortable. And, but at the same time, the pressure was still there because you, know, you, got, you got 30 pair of eyes looking at you. What I found was that my brain was starting to work at much higher capacity than I'd normally do, and purely based on that pressure. Yeah. And my English actually improved a lot as a result of that because you know I yeah. had to I had to go with stuff and I had to keep it interesting. I had to keep delivering a content yeah. through my mouth, just keep keep informing people. So that was definitely something. Uh, it was an eye opening experience, and it definitely helped me a lot with you know future years. You know, getting on stage and doing things and public speaking and absolutely becomes easier with time we don't get better at anything unless we unless we practice it yeah and good old, it. yeah and the good old saying is you know you, you gotta get the, the magic happens outside of that comfort zone you know yeah it's the growth zone definitely now wh what do you wish you had known when you started this business i wish i had known that it was just enough to be me. I know that now, but in the beginning, I didn't. So, and I don't, I don't regret any of the things that I've done on my, on any of my journeys. I, I absolutely know that every step was necessary to get me to where I am today. But I feel that a lot of the things that I did, like some of the some of the training things that I've done, some of the webinars and things that I've gone to, and none of it's ever a waste, but I feel like it was because I felt like I needed, back then I felt like I needed more, that I didn't have all of the learning that I needed. Mm. Uh, and, and so, but now I do know that. Like that, that's been a journey in itself for me to know that I do have everything that I need to help the people that I want to help and to achieve what I want to achieve. And that's a really good place to be in. And a lot of people 
they don't believe deep down that they do have everything they need. So they go on off on all these tangents um, as I did in the early days and and it's just it, it really comes back to that belief in yourself. Mm. I mean, keeping yourself educated and investing in, in ongoing education is one thing, but the other thing is repeating same things over and over. And, and, and not... shiny object syndrome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of business owners are, are experiencing that, uh, myself <laughs> included. <laughs> yeah. I know when I was a trainer and I was starting as a, in the industry, I would go to, obviously doing my certification programs to learn, you know, how to train uh, somebody with a particular piece of equipment that's 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 all right but then going and and relearning certain things that I, I felt like oh maybe maybe I'll do this course because it's from a different angle and maybe that that will fill the gap but all it was just confidence yes. it, I already had that knowledge I just wasn't confident enough so I was just continued to look for that magic solution and thought well maybe after that one that's when I'll become better yeah that's right Sherry. Yes. We're almost at the end of the episode and I think we've provided a lot of value to our listeners. But is there something that I should have asked asked that I didn't? Yeah, no, you've, you've actually asked a lot of really good questions. The conversation went places I, I didn't realise it was going to go, good places. I, I really do want to get across though and and it's not just for the person who's watching who might be on their own health journey, but also for people that are helping people on their health journey, so coaches, PTs, all of those. It's not just a calories in, calories out equation. It really isn't. It is quite often a subconscious equation. It is limiting beliefs. It is fears. It is uh, a lot of times it's an insulin problem that's also part of it. It can be a stress problem. It's not a one-size-fits-all problem, and that's what I really want to get out there, that uh, people uh, need understanding. They need to, to give themselves love and understanding, and they need love and understanding from the people helping them to know that, it's not always going to be the same for everybody. Yeah. I mean, and, and to add to that, I mean, there are also, there are specific strategies that people can implement. And from yeah. the most basic things, like just adding from nutrition part of things, adding more fiber, adding more protein, eating less processed stuff. But absolutely, like you said, it's not just calorie for calorie. It's a lot more complex and understanding that and understanding that it's something you could tackle on. You got to tackle that unconscious those unconscious blocks speak to somebody who can help you with that like shari and you'll be on your way now shari for anybody listening if they uh, want to speak to you how can they find you the easiest place is on facebook i'm all over facebook i say fab new body on facebook or shari wear on facebook mm-hmm. i'm also on linkedin and i'm on instagram i really i really only use social media at the moment excellent Right. I'll make sure I'll put all the links in the show notes for you guys listening. Uh, I'll put the links for Shari for all the Facebook so you can find her. And uh, do you have, I believe you've got a program for personal trainers or for coaches. Is that right? A yeah. blueprint? Yes, uh, I do. It's called the Fab New Body Blueprint uh, and it teaches them uh, the tools and techniques that I've learned specific for weight loss. So uh, if they, so say you're a personal trainer who wants to add in that mindset side of things so that they can, you know, uh, a lot of personal trainers that I work with, they have their exercise sessions for their clients and then they have specific mindset sessions. Uh, They'll be able to do that. And then for uh, weight loss coaches or even some therapists, I, I am a hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner. So that's part of the tools uh, and techniques that I teach people. So, you know, somebody might be just uh, a standard hypnotherapist who helps lots of different people with different things, but they want a specific path and process for their weight loss clients. So that's what I'm teaching them. So I'm actually just about to run a challenge in the next uh, couple of weeks that uh, people will be able to jump in on and that'll be all over my Facebook as well. Excellent. Well, thank you, Shari, so much. I wish I had known about this stuff, you know, when I was starting my career. Certainly, I didn't know about these type of things. I do know now. 
and anybody out there you know starting the, the the journey as a fitness professional i highly recommend you get in touch with shari and and you know fill those gaps because that's going to make you much more qualified personal trainer a fitness professional and you'll be able to make much bigger impact and help shari on her you know 13 million goal i need all the help i can get <laughs> awesome it was great having you on the show shari and i wish you a nice rest of your long weekend thank you you too Thank you for listening to another great interview on the Success Inspired Podcast. My next guest is a published author, TEDx speaker, life coach, and founder of the Insecurity Project. He is Australia's, he's one of Australia's leading life coaches and one of the trusted voices globally in dealing with personal insecurity. I had a great time talking to him about how insecurity impacts leadership and how it affects you, your business and other people around you and what to do about your insecurities so that you can be a better version of yourself and reach your full potential. I think that everybody has some level of insecurities at some point in their life and that's why I thought it would be valuable to bring this guest onto the show so you can all benefit. To get notified about all the upcoming episodes and receive more valuable information, um, make sure to subscribe to our mailing list by visiting our website, which is successinspiredpodcast.com. On this website, you can also find more details about each one of the episodes, including show notes, links, and special offers for you from my guests. And soon, I'll be including articles, transcripts, videos, and a bunch of other great stuff that I've got planned to help you be even more successful. If you love this show and you want to help me extend the reach of the show to more people, then please make sure to subscribe, rate and review this show on iTunes. And you can also follow us on social media so that when we post other valuable information, you can share it to your mates. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook if you search for at Success Inspired Podcast. Um, this show is also on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you want to follow me um, personally, um, then you can find me across all the platforms if you search for at that vit Miller. That's T H A T V I T M U L L E R. Thank you again for listening. Have a great rest of your day and stay inspired, everyone. Thank you.